All right, that was Mr. Axl Rose and his former band Guns N' Roses. Now he's out singing for ACDC, believe it or not. But they say Brian Johnson is coming back. They're in the studios. They're working on a new album. Hopefully it doesn't go totally deaf putting out this new album. That's one of the reasons why they threw Brian Johnson out of the band ACDC. This guy's like 69 years old, folks. And he's still out there rocking around the world. Do you believe that? You're tuned in to WBTV LP 99.3 FM. The name of the show is Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. Been on the air for a couple years now, and as y'all know, my show is mostly about rock and roll, and we also talk about whatever we see on the media, local news, national news, worldly news. It's a live call-in show. You can call me if you want. It's 802-540-6890. Or you can go to my Facebook group called Louie Live. Ask to join. It's a good place to showcase your music. We have people been on in the past. They come on here and they play their music. I tell you, the walls are bouncing. It's a good time. My good friend George Murdy has been on a few times. Him and his wife, Linda, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, Linda. She's not doing so well health-wise. She's having a spell. But we're all praying for her and hope that she gets better. And she will. In the meantime, George is out on the road throughout the state of Vermont, rocking in the bars. He's a retired Essex cop. Can you believe that? Now he's retired, and he's out in the bars, him and Linda. They've been out on tour. They were down to uh, Nashville for two or three months. Then they were down to Florida, and when they came back, they hit a lot of spots along the coast. He's a heck of a songwriter and musician. He's probably one of the best guitar players that I've ever seen. And hopefully he'll be on soon again to play some of the newer songs that he's written. So we'll get him lined up. And like I say, anyone can go to Louie Live, ask to join my group. It's a good place to showcase your music. And then if you ever want to, you can just come on down to Flint Avenue, let me know. We'll have you on, play some of your music, bring some of your friends on. If anyone's looking to start a show, like I said, we're on Flint Avenue. We've been on the air for a couple of years or so now. We've got about 41 shows on the air. The one that was before me you were just listening to called The Point. They're new. So we've got about 41 shows on the air. We've got about 11 new shows coming on board. And it's quite a versatile station down here. I mean, you can turn it on 24-7 and you never know what you're going to be listening to. Some people, like the guy after me, Jerome P. Alimony, a.k.a. Peanut, plays mostly rap music on his show and he's quite a rapper himself. And he's the uh, founder of North Star Radio. He's not going to be here in person tonight, but he did record a show and we'll be playing that through the automation. When I get done at 8 o'clock, I'll be setting it up for him. So stick around and listen to that. 
A lot of people, like I said, they might play jazz on their show. They might play country music. They might just interview people. Some people interview authors. They interview athletes. Some people, they interview business people. And they'll tell the whole story of how their business started from day one up until the present. And a lot of these stories are really interesting on there. I was listening to uh, one show a while back, and they had a company that started a brewery. And they told everything that they did from day one. And it was a group of people that put everything they had into starting this brewery. And it was a very interesting story. And that's what's great about this radio station. You can come down here and volunteer, put in a little time, and we'll show you how to run all this equipment. We'll show you how to produce a show, how to edit a show. We encourage you to volunteer and join one of the committees. Myself, I belong to two or three committees. So I'm on the uh, programming committee, and I'm also the representative of the programming committee. Plus, I'm on the RAC committee, which is a committee of different representatives. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty interesting. And uh, it's a good way to get educated on the broadcasting system. I mean, you don't have to go to college. You can just come down here and learn all of this stuff. And that's what happened with Rush Limbaugh. He was going to college to learn broadcasting. He got a job working at a radio station. And he went home and he told his parents that he uh, dropped out of college because he didn't see any point in spending money on an education in broadcasting with the hopes of getting a job in the broadcasting field, which is what he had done. And he tells his story. It's pretty interesting about all the ups and downs, and he had plenty of both ups and downs. And now he's probably the highest paid person in the broadcasting field. Might be a tie between him and Howard Stearns, but Howard Stearns went through satellite radio. I don't know how good he's doing anymore, but Howard Stearns did sign a couple of huge contracts with satellite radio. But needless to say, they're both doing all right. And you can come down here to WPTZ LP 99.3 FM on Flint Avenue, and we'll set you right up. We're always looking for shows that are different. My show, like I said, uh, I read a lot of things that we see on the local media or social media. I try to keep it light because there's a lot of crazy people out there. People don't realize that. Like I said, it doesn't matter who the president is. Republican, Democrat, white, black, it doesn't matter. Because these guys are in a very exclusive club. The President's Club. There's only about six of them that are alive. And they stick together thick as thieves. You recall how Obama and his administration blamed George W. Bush for everything for eight years solid. And then now he's out of office. You see the Bushes and the Obamas together and they're all holding each other, hugging and kissing and everything else and going out to dinner and playing golf. It's pathetic. But people have been getting into arguments over years. 
physical fights, literally, over Obama and George W. Bush and Bill Clinton and whatnot. And while you're out there, literally, physically fighting one another, they're out playing golf and having lunch. So like I tell people, it's good to voice your opinion. And it's good to vote. But don't let it drive you crazy. Get on with your life. Put the pressure on your local politicians to do the right thing. Because they are the ones that are basically screwing us all over as the local politicians. They're the ones that are raising the price of property taxes. They're the ones that are screwing your children over with bad education. They're the ones that aren't giving enough money for the infrastructure to repair the bridges and the potholes and the roads and whatnot and on and on and on, right? I could go on forever. These are the people that are eating up all your taxes and like I said, like a broken record a billion times, if you go to City Hall and get a copy of the budget, you'll see that over 90% of your taxes go towards their salaries and benefits. Not for repairing the schools and not for buying books, not for repairing the bridges or the potholes, but for their own salaries and benefits. So focus on the local politicians, folks, and focus on dragging their feet to the fire. Focus on getting your money's worth out of these politicians. So I usually start my show off with some crazy articles that I read in the paper. This one here is pretty crazy. It says the police are looking for a man involved in a pepper spray attack. The Milton police, as a matter of fact, are looking for a man they say was involved in a bizarre attack with pepper spray and it happened at a business on Middle Road this past Monday between the hours of 4.30 and 5 p.m. It's right about this time or so. Probably driving home from work. People got into a heated discussion or whatever at an intersection. But it says the victim told police a man bumped his car with a car door and that's when he got out to check for damage. And the man sprayed him in the face with pepper spray. Isn't that something? A lot of people park right up close to you. They've got the whole parking lot, but they park right up close to you, and they open their car door and ding your car. Sounds like that's what's happened. So the suspect is described as a man with dark hair, possibly of Asian descent. He was driving a silver two-door car, possibly a Honda Civic, and the police say, as always, if you know anything, give them a call. Make their job easy. All right. Somebody bumps your car with their door. You get out to check it out. They spray you in the face with pepper spray. Well, you know, this guy's lucky that this person wasn't packing a gun. That's what's happening a lot nowadays, folks. People are packing a gun to defend themselves because there's a lot of crazy people out there. It's the Second Amendment. You have a right to defend yourself. So, this article's been going on right here for a while. 
says a woman and a homeless man, we've discussed it here plenty of times, in a GoFundMe scheme, they plead guilty. So a homeless man and a woman pleaded guilty this past Wednesday to federal charges in a GoFundMe scheme that prosecutors say netted $400,000 with a phony story about him coming to her aid, right? Johnny Bobbitt, 36, of Philadelphia, pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit money laundering. And Caitlin McClure, 28, of Bordentown, New Jersey, pleaded to a charge of conspiracy to commit wire fraud, which is through the GoFundMe. Bobbitt conspired with McClure and her then-boyfriend, Mark D'Amico, to make up a story in 2017. That's how long this has been going on. About Bobbitt giving McClure cash for gasoline when she was stranded along a Philadelphia highway, according to prosecutors. The scheme raised $400,000, which the couple claimed would be donated to Bobbitt, Instead, New Jersey authorities said the three split the money and spent lavishly, including a car, designer bags, and trips to Las Vegas, Disney World, and Disneyland, the Grand Canyon, and New York City. Wow, these people just blew it all, didn't they? They probably did. But GoFundMe says it has refunded all of the donations. The tale of a homeless Good Samaritan made international headlines with a trio appearing on TV. Their relationship soured, though when Bobbitt sued the couple over what he said was their failure to turn money over to him. So basically what happened, folks, we've discussed it before. This woman supposedly was stranded on the side of the highway. She ran out of gasoline. And this homeless guy was standing there begging for money. So he saw that she was sitting in her car, ran out of gas. He confronted her about it. So then he walked to the store and he got $20 worth of gas and walked back with it and put it in her car. So she drove off. So what happened was the story got out one of those make-you-feel-good stories. They started a GoFundMe page for this homeless guy. And a lot of people donated money. And the total was over $400,000. And what happened was, the woman, her boyfriend, that created the GoFundMe site for this homeless guy, they took the $400,000 and they started just blowing it. So this homeless guy was upset, went to court, sued him for the money. The investigators found out all three of them were involved in what was a scheme to defraud people of their money. And GoFundMe returned the donations to the people that donated. And that really ruins it for other people that do need help. It's too bad there's people like that in the world, isn't there? I mean, they raised over $400,000 and they were taking trips to Disneyland and Disney World and the Grand Canyon and then they went to Las Vegas and there was talks of them buying a BMW and that got repossessed. 
I wonder who concocted the story to begin with. Maybe they're related somehow, the woman and the homeless guy. I mean, you just don't pull up to some guy on the side of the highway and say, hey, let's make up this story about how I ran out of gas and you walked to the station and came back with $20 worth of gas. Supposedly, they said it was his last $20. And then started a GoFundMe site. But the woman's boyfriend is no longer in the picture because it said former boyfriend. Doesn't say if he was charged or not. So maybe he wasn't really that involved with it. So apparently it was the woman and the homeless guy. My wife and I, we've uh, donated money to a couple of GoFundMe causes in the past where you see people need help just doing little things. And it makes you feel good inside. Hopefully they do use the money for what they say and they're intending it for. It's all you can do is hope that it's for the good, right? So I saw this article. The next one, it says, uh, New Hampshire leads efforts against robocalls, which everybody gets if you have a landline. This is the thing about landlines. I have one. Sits in our kitchen. We have phones all throughout the house because most phones nowadays come as a package deal. You get one mobile station and then the rest go throughout your house. So you end up with like four or five phones, which you never use. But you get these robocalls and you can't get rid of your landline because like me, we have an infinity package that's bundled together with the phone, the internet, right? And the TV. So contact them and say, hey, we want to get rid of our landline. Is our bill going to go down? No, just the opposite. It's going to go up because then you won't have the three bundled together. So in the meantime, you're at the mercy of these robocalls. Or you could unplug your phone. But what we did was we went out and bought a new phone. So now, anyone that calls that you want to balk, you just press the button and block them suckers, right? Block them good so they can't call you anymore. So you get a little bit of peace until the next robocall finds your number. But it says right here, none of us like getting robocalls and now New Hampshire Attorney General has taken steps to help stop them. This past Tuesday, Gordon J. McDonald, along with other Attorney General sent a letter to the U.S. Senate supporting the Telephone Robocall Abuse Criminal Enforcement and Deterrence Act, also known as TRACED catchy, huh? It would require voice service providers to do call authentication to help block unwanted calls and take additional steps to stop robocalls. It all sounds good, doesn't it? They say more than 48 billion robocalls were made in 2018, making them the number one source of consumer complaints. I believe it. 48 billion robocalls. Imagine what that cost. Imagine what you could do with the money from 48 billion robocalls. Probably actually help repair the bridges 
in the roads, in the schools. Anybody remember when Obama and his administration, the Democrats controlled the House and the Senate, and Obama was the president? Remember when they had so much power, they told the Republicans to stay home because you can't do anything to stop us. And they took $1 trillion, not a million dollars, not a billion dollars, but $1 trillion, and they put it aside for shovel-ready projects. Remember that, folks? Shovel-ready projects. And they were going to repair all the roads and the bridges, put money into the schools, all these projects that were just ready to go. But I don't recall the schools getting repaired and the bridges, especially the bridges and the potholes in the streets. That's another investigation right there, folks. Trillion dollars missing. President Trump doesn't need $5 billion to build the wall. Just go find where that trillion dollars is. Going to go to an Aerosmith song right now called The Other Side. I hope you're enjoying the show. Once again, you're tuned into WBTV LP 99.3 FM. The name of the show is Louis Live, and I'm your host, Louis, and we are definitely live. Turn this one up.
Pratt, and that was Aerosmith, the greatest band of all times, with their song called The Other Side. You ever get a chance to see Aerosmith and Mr. Steve Tyler in concert? Make sure that you do, because regardless of how old these guys are, you're not going to have any regrets at all. Same thing with all these bands like the Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, anybody from that era. If you get a chance to see him, go see him. We saw a foreigner at the Flynn Theater probably about six years ago. I was amazed. I mean, it was like the record was playing. They played it note for note. And the new singer, in some ways, he was better than the original singer, Lou Grant. It was an incredible concert at the Flynn Theater. That's what stinks about Vermont. They don't really have any places for concerts. They used to have them over at the Memorial Auditorium. And I've seen quite a few people there. And what's nice about having a small place for a concert like that is you can get right up to the stage and stand right in front of somebody. It was like that down at Stratton Mountain. We saw Peter Frampton and I was standing right at the stage and I literally could reach out and touch him. Same thing, we saw Aerosmith at the ski resort up in Stowe, standing right in front of the stage in front of Steve Tyler the whole time. It was amazing. And that's what's good about having small concerts. But they don't really have them in Vermont anymore. There was times when they were debating whether to build a new stadium up to UVM. But then the Essex Fairground got involved. And then it became like a contest as to who was going to build a stadium. So then the Essex Fairground says, well, I guess we'll just stand back and let UVM build a new stadium. And they never did. And a lot of people don't realize it, but the South Burlington University Ball has been under foreclosure for years. People haven't been paying their taxes, like always, what happens with malls. And then when you do find out they haven't paid their taxes instead of taking them to court and getting that back money, they end up selling them all, and the owners move on. Nothing ever happens. But the deal was, and we've all read it in the paper, seen it on social media, South Burlington was going to give the University Mall to UVM. Plus, they were going to give them something like $47 million to boot. Can you believe that? To tear it down and build a stadium. So they could have hockey games there, basketball, maybe some concerts. That would be nice. Plus, you're right there alongside of the highway. So you get out of the concert, you just get right on the highway, you go home. Very little traffic congestion, especially late at nighttime when concerts get out. But it never happened. And Essex never built a stadium for concerts or anything. And that's basically what happens in Vermont, folks. People call it anti-business. Because you can't build anything in Vermont. Because it takes about 10 years to get through the Act 250 permit process. Nobody wants to spend that much time just getting the permits. Because they're people in Vermont 
that will fight you every step of the way. You know, they'll try to get it so you can't dig ground because there's some crickets there that are hibernating for the winter and you don't want to disturb them because one of them might be on the endangered species list. We haven't found that cricket yet that's on the endangered species list, but it might be down there in the ground, hibernating for the winter. So they'll fight you in court. Think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding, folks. That's how ridiculous it can get. They've been trying to build the Southern Connector on Pine Street for like the last 50 years or so. And still, the mayor, Miro Weinberger, says all the pieces are in place. We can start building the Southern Connector now. And then there comes a whole new group of lawsuits saying, oh, no, no, those plans are outdated. And we think they should be changed. Right? And another five, ten years goes by. Nothing happens. Same thing with the Moran plant down on the waterfront. That place has been burnt for the last 50 years or so. And they was trying to decide whether to tear it down or renovate it. And from what we hear, it's going to cost like $20 million either way. Because there's like asbestos and lead paint involved. And it would cost about $20 million to tear the Moran plant down. Or it would cost $20 million or so to renovate it. So finally after about 50 years and probably $100 million, God only knows, studying it. Probably a gazillion, right? Let's just say a gazillion. That's a good round number for the city of Burlington. Spent all that money going to committee meetings, having lunch, getting wined and dined, deciding what to do, and nothing. So they've decided to strip it down to a skeleton and have a viewing platform. And they claim that's going to cost about $5.6 million from what I recollect. But you know, folks, it's going to cost a lot more than that. It's probably going to cost about $10, $15 million to get it to that skeletal point with a viewing deck, which is what? Nothing. So you can climb up the stairs, the fire escape, right, or whatever, stand on there and look at the lake. Well, you know, whether you're standing on the shore or you're 50 feet up in the air on a viewing deck, the lake is going to look the same. No need in wasting $6 million or so. And they heard it right here first. And I hope you recall this someday. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm not usually wrong. But they will strip the Moran plant down to the skeletal form. They'll build the observation deck. And it'll sit like that for a few years or so. And then some developer, who I'm sure already has things already planned for it, but it'll come along out of the blue saying, hey, I'd like to build this there. And it'll help the community. And they'll grant it. It'll be some real estate developer. 
out of the blue. But no, it won't be out of the blue. It's probably been planned for the last 10, 20 years. Somehow, they will gather the money to get the taxpayers to pay for ripping down the Moran plant to the frame. To the point where if I'm a developer, I can just swoop right on in and say, hey, now that all the dirty work's done at the taxpayer's expense, I'm going to build the high-rise condos there. And they'll give the person that property out of eminent domain. And they'll build their high-rises. And then they'll probably take that waterfront and make it private property so the public can't go there anymore. That's usually how things work in this town, folks. That's how Battery Street got to be the way it was. When Bernie Sanders was the mayor, they seized all those houses on Battery Street. Used to be like the Italian section of town. And they threw all those people out of their houses in the name of eminent domain. And they took all their houses and they crushed them. And they brought them down to the waterfront. And they bulldozed them all. And then they covered them up with rocks and dirt. And that's how they got the waterfront where the boathouse is. Because that land never existed. If you dig down under that dirt a few feet, folks, you're going to see all these houses that used to be on Battery Street. And that was the Italian section of town back in those days. And all those houses were like 100 years old, like all the rest of the houses in the city of Burlington. And they were all full of lead paint and asbestos and God only knows what type of carcinogenics. And they crushed them and they created the waterfront. And you know all that stuff's leaching out into the lake. And down there they have the sewage treatment plant which discharges into the lake to the right of the waterfront and it all goes into the lake and the current takes it down to the left down past the old Blodgett ovens and that's where the intake pipe is for people's drinking water. Sounds good, right? You can't make that stuff up, folks. Every week I come here and I have about two dozen stories that I print out to read. And I never get to go through half of them. As a matter of fact, last week... I only read one story out of two dozen. And once you get involved in politics, time just goes into like a blur because there's just so much corruption going on in the political world. But this time, I read three articles so far in the first 41 minutes of the show. That's a record. So, We'll get into politics here in a little while. But first, speaking of foreigner, we're going to go to a foreigner song. This one is called Hearts Turn to Stone.
was Foreigner with Hearts Turned to Stone. Just a little update here on the rapper R. Kelly. He's still in prison. That's good, huh? Been trying to nail him for a couple decades now for sleeping with minors. For decades they've been trying to nail this guy. They had him in court one time. This guy had the audacity to have video cameras in his bedroom showing him in bed with a 14-year-old girl. And when they showed it to the jurors, he sat there with his lawyer and he said, that's not me. And that's something, folks, what money and power can do to contort the law. Must have cost him just about everything he had to stay out of jail. But this time, he's got more women coming forward. The 52-year-old singer was jailed this past Wednesday after he said he couldn't afford to pay $161,000 in back child support. Can you believe that? This guy's tours around the world worth millions and millions of dollars. And then he has the nerve to say that he doesn't have $161,000 to pay back child support. And he said he had zero relationship with his three children, but knows they love him. This guy's nuts. If anybody's seen him on the interview with Gail, he's sitting there, standing up, wasn't even sitting in the chair, yelling and screaming and bawling his eyes out and the tears rolling down his face like an alligator, right? Big crocodile tears. Wants to get out of prison. Sat right there in front of Gail King on the CBS This Morning show with the whole world to see what a lunatic this guy is. And then he brings people forward as witnesses to verify what a good, decent person he is. And does he have his girlfriend come forward? No, he has his girlfriends, plural. He has more than one woman sitting there doing an interview. You know, like a Mormon or something, right? Got his both of his girlfriends sitting there, and I'm sure he's got more. Sitting there saying what a good guy he is. Let's just hope that uh, they put him in the same prison as Bill Cosby. They could be roommates for life. Story number four down. Time to move on to number five. We're on a roll here tonight, folks. This article, gonna make it short and sweet. Vermont VLT, which stands for Vermont Land Trust. They team up to conserve 900 30 acres in the town of Groton, Vermont. Got to ask yourself, why? Why would they want to spend all this money to conserve this land? It's not like the state of Vermont has money to just blow, right? This is a good example, folks. You're flying back here from California. Florida, anywhere. 
you're looking out the window. You're seeing all of these lights down below. Communities, cities, millions of lights. You get to Vermont, you're flying over Vermont, nothing. Darkness. Looks like North Korea. <laughs> Honest to God, right? State of Vermont only has a little over 600,000 people living here. Most of the state is literally green from forest. Owned by the state. No reason to conserve it. Somebody wants to build a house, God forbid, you know? Let them build a house. You could take the conserved land in Vermont and you could probably cut down enough trees to build everybody a house, folks. And you wouldn't even really notice the trees missing. This goes for like the Adirondack Mountains too, over in New York. You can cut down trees in the Adirondack Forest, which is preserved, and build everybody in New York a house. And you probably wouldn't even notice the trees missing. But do they do that? No, never. They only talk about doing the right things. They're only talking about helping people out. But it's all just a farce. Because back when I was a kid, they didn't have any homeless shelters. They didn't have any food banks. People basically got out of high school and they got themselves a good job working for a company a lot of production companies. We used to produce a lot of things in the United States. And you could get out of high school and get yourself a job working at one of these manufacturing companies. And a lot of them were good union paying jobs. You could marry your high school sweetheart, have a half a dozen kids and a dog. And that was the American dream. But not anymore, folks. Now a lot of houses are sitting there empty. And a lot of people are homeless, working two or three jobs because they can't afford to buy a house due to speculation. They used to have these laws pertaining to capital gains. You know, it was the law where if you bought a house, you had to live in it for like five years before you could sell it. Otherwise, they didn't have flipping houses back in those days. You bought a house, you had a 25, 30 year mortgage. You raised your kids, they moved on. That was the American dream. But now people are buying houses, they're renovating them, and they're flipping them within 30 to 60 days and making tens of thousands of dollars profit. And people can't afford them. You know, people are working two or three jobs and they can't afford a home. And a lot of them can't afford rent. The American dream is dead. These laws about capital gains are gone, non-existent anymore. I think that was a good thing. You bought a house, you lived in it for five years. If you sold it within five years, you had to pay a lot of your profits and taxes in the name of capital gains. And that way the housing stayed down. 
and people could afford to buy a first home and marry the high school sweetheart and raise a half a dozen kids. But nowadays, folks, people going to college more, getting educated. They get out of college, they're over their heads with debt. A lot of people living on credit. Back when I was a kid growing up, if you had to go to the store and buy groceries on credit, basically you were a bum. You know, you didn't tell anybody about it. It was a shameful thing. But now, the role is reversed, and if you don't have good credit, then you're considered a bum. Not making that stuff up, folks. That's how it used to be, and that's how it is nowadays. Nowadays, if you don't have good credit, you're a bum. People don't carry cash anymore. I'm probably one of the last people on this planet that carries cash. You have to have a credit card, though, when you travel. Because you go up to the car counter to rent a car, you've got to have a credit card in order to rent that car. So, they kind of got you coming and going. But you don't have to live on credit. As far as housing goes, there isn't any in Vermont. Never has been. Apartment availability in Chittenden County has always been about 2%. Now it's down to like zero. I don't know if you've seen this article. It was all over social media the other day. But it's about these apartments they built on the corner of Flint Avenue and Pine Street in Burlington. And from what I recall, they're all one-bedroom units. And I believe there's 30 units in that building. And I'm guessing that not many of the people there have a car because there's hardly any parking spots there. So I'm assuming the people that can afford those exuberant rents, I mean, these are like rents you pay out in California, folks. I'm assuming the majority of them probably work at dealer.com. Young professional people who can roll out of bed in the morning and walk down to work in a matter of 10 or 15 minutes. But what was all over social media the other day was that these buildings are new. This one person was saying how their apartment is one bedroom like they all are. And it was something like, I want to say something, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't that big maybe like 700 square feet, but they were paying like $1,600 a month. You know, and you still have to pay utilities and everything. But they were saying this building is new and the floors were like ice. I mean, this person's got their heating cranked up and they put a thermometer on the floor and the temperature read 45 degrees. Can you imagine that? And they were saying, the place is an icebox. They're saying how the windows rattle when cars go by. And it's right on Pine Street. And God only knows how many cars drive by that building in a day. But the windows rattle. The floors are 45 degrees. You can hear the noise from the people below you and the people above you. And they're saying how some people are so desperate that they're breaking their contracts and just walking out of the place. So when you break a contract, your credit goes bad, you lose your deposit. But 
it's got to be pretty bad for people to walk out and risk losing their deposit and doing damage to their credit. They were saying how, like when you contact the property managers, the response time is really slow. That's pretty sad, isn't it? A brand new building. They're all one-bedroom units, and they're like, what, 700 square feet, which is like about the size of a studio. And they're paying like $1,600 a month plus utilities. But you know people that own properties like that and are gouging people to death, whether it's through real estate or their businesses that say, buy local first, right? Buy local first. And you go to the stores and the prices are a lot more expensive than if you buy online. And that's why everybody buys online because they're going to go with the best deal that they can get because the dollar doesn't go as far as it used to, folks. But these people that gouge you to death, they'll turn around to Thanksgiving and donate a turkey to the food bank. They might even go down there and cut that turkey up and put it on your plate as you're walking down the line. Just makes them feel all warm and cozy inside. (laughs) Gonna take a break here and go to a Foo Fighters song. It's called All My Life. Once again, you're tuned in to WBTV LP 99.3 FM. The name of the show is Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live, so turn this up for the Foo Fighters. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. that was the Foo Fighters with All My Life. So, where do we go from there? I saw this article. New Hampshire delegation urges President Donald Trump to prioritize opioid funding. Says uh, New Hampshire's Democratic Congressional delegation is urging President Donald Trump to prioritize the funding for state opioid response grants in his annual budget proposal to Congress. The delegation wrote that the funding has provided vital support to efforts from health care providers, first responders, and families in the state working to combat the opioid epidemic. Senator Jean Shanine and Maggie Hassan and Representatives Annie Custer and Chris Papas said the state remains one of the hardest hit in the nation with about 450 drug overdose deaths in 2018. And they say 90% of the heroin and fentanyl comes across the southern border. Well, you know, folks, 
Vermont, New Hampshire are connected with a northern border. And doesn't anybody think that the other 10% maybe comes across the northern border from Canada? Just makes sense, doesn't it? And none of the Democrats want border security. So, what does that tell you? It tells you one thing, that you can give them all the money that you want to combat opioid addiction, but it's not really going to matter if you don't stop the drug flow. Remember that thing we used to have in this country called the war against drugs? Remember that? Apparently the Democrats don't want to remember that. They want to keep the borders open. I've had this link on my Facebook site. It's a YouTube video. And it shows Nancy Pelosi's father and family members and her grandfather for generations. They're the top drug smugglers coming across the southern border. Nancy Pelosi's family. You can go on YouTube and watch this, folks. I'll dig up the uh, link to YouTube again myself and repost it on my Facebook wall. But it's God's honest truth. Her family for generations has been involved in smuggling drugs across the southern border. Some people were bootlegging whiskey back in those days, but her family was bringing drugs across the border. They probably still are to this day. Nancy Pelosi's worth over $200 million. How's that possible when you're a politician? There's no way that you could become worth 200 and some odd million dollars, folks, in a career in politics. Unless you're crooked, which most of them are. That's where the investigation should lie. Investigate these politicians who get involved in politics and they're broke. They have no money. Perfect example of that is Miss Ocasio Alexandra Cortez, the newest congresswoman from New York. Remember her? She's a bartender. Six thousand sixteen thousand people voted for her. That's it. Sixteen thousand people voted for this woman, Ocasio Alexandria Cortez, otherwise known as OAC, a bartender, gets voted into Congress with 16,000 votes, and now she's like the head of the Democratic Party. Her and these other women, these Muslim women, there's like three of them, they're going around saying all this hateful things. They hate Jewish people. They're passing laws to kill babies that are already born in the name of abortion. They're not listening to Nancy Pelosi or the other politicians that have been there for 
decades. Literally decades, folks. And these newcomers, the four of them, they come in off the street. And they're just taking charge. And they're not listening to anybody. And they're spreading hatred around the world. This woman, Ilhan Omar, she's the illegal immigrant that married her brother to gain citizenship, which uh, marrying your brother is incest and it's against the law, so she should have been jailed for that. And that does not make you a legal citizen of the United States, marrying your brother. People need to focus on this stuff, folks. Forget everything else, just focus on the fact that this woman is still an illegal immigrant who ran for office and won. And the Democrats who allowed her to run for political office should be prosecuted and put in jail for aiding and abetting a criminal just to start with. These are the people from Minnesota, right? This other woman, Rashida Taib from Michigan, she got voted into Congress in a district that she didn't even live in. Totally illegal. You know, they need to focus on this. Not what they're doing, not what they're saying necessarily, but focus on the fact that one of them married her brother, which is illegal, and it doesn't make her a citizen. She's an illegal immigrant, and she should be deported. This other woman from Michigan, Rashida Taib, runs for Congress in a district she didn't even live in. Totally illegal. She should be removed from office and put in prison also. You know, where are the Republicans to challenge these people? You know, it's like when bank fraud Bernie Sanders ran for president. The Democratic committee was broke, they said. Hillary Clinton came flying in on her broom, right? Throws down $20 million. And they give her the nomination and take it away from Bernie Sanders. Well, if Bernie Sanders was the stand-up guy that he says he is, if he was going to fight for your rights, he should have first fought for his rights. Makes sense, doesn't it? But he didn't fight for his rights. Instead, he stepped aside and let Hillary have the nomination. She didn't become president either. Because I sat right on this show, folks, and I said, the powers that be will not allow Hillary Clinton to be the president. Someday there will be a woman president, but it sure as to hell is never going to be Hillary Clinton. And it's not going to be Bernie Sanders either. Because like I said from day one, Bernie Sanders is a 76-year-old man who's been involved in politics for over 40 years and never accomplished anything. He was on a radio show last week with this young man and the guy was black and he asked Bernie Sanders over the 30 years that you've been 
a congressman, Washington, D.C. What bills have you thrown out onto the floor to help black people? And Bernie's like, uh, 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 nothing. He's done nothing. But he said, uh, uh, well, I, I've always been strongly in favor of rights for black people. <laughs> you blew it, Bernie. You don't have a leg to stand on. Just a bunk. You know, he's been in Washington all these years. He gets to where he is out of hatred, spewing hatred, and he never runs opposed in the state of Vermont. This last election that just went by is a perfect example. All these people that were running for the Democratic nomination for Bernie Sanders' seat, they weren't even considered. The Democratic Party, like the day before voting, announced they were given a nomination to Bernie Sanders. And like the day before voting, like Bernie does, he says, uh, I've got to remain an independent and I'm turning down the nomination from the Democratic Party. Bam. Just screwed over every person that was running for that seat. Every person that was seeking the nomination from the Democratic Party just got screwed over by Bernie Sanders in cahoots with the Democratic Party. It's bad enough that Bernie screwed you over, but your whole party screwed you over too, all these people that were seeking the Democratic nomination. And then it was too late to do anything about it. And one woman tried to stand up for her rights and was talking about suing the Democratic Party because they screwed everybody over. But nothing ever happened. Never heard nothing else more of it. Maybe somebody shoved some money in their pocket and on the way they went. But like I was saying, if Bernie got the nomination for president stolen away from him, from Hillary Clinton, with a measly $20 million, that's not it at all, folks. Like I said here from day one, Bernie Sanders is a 76-year-old man Never accomplished nothing in his whole political career. Do you think that this guy, honest to God, do you honest to God think that this guy wants to be president of the United States and have to go work 24-7 like we see President Donald Trump is? I mean, this President Trump's a machine. I mean, this guy never sleeps. They say he sleeps like three or four hours a day. You know, he's up tweeting at three o'clock in the morning just to get the Democrats' heads to explode before breakfast. He's just playing with you folks. The guy's a multi-billionaire. He's probably the leading real estate owner in the New York and Boston area. Probably controls the majority of the businesses in that area. You know, you watch these movies on TV, you put two and two together. You know, who controls everything in Berlin and uh, Boston and New York area. The mafia, right? You ever watch these mafia movies? It's the mob. Maybe Donald Trump is the head of the mob. Ever occurred to anybody? They claim he's a narcissist. Well, if he's a narcissist, then he has no feelings for the Democrats. You know, they can throw sticks and stones at him all day long. 
and names aren't going to hurt them, like the old rhyme. But they will do whatever they can to impeach him. And even this Muslim congressman from Michigan, Rashida Taib, she's sworn into office on the Koran, not the Bible, the Koran. I'm sure she believes in Sharia law, and if she does, then she probably hates everybody that doesn't believe in Sharia law and thinks that our heads all ought to be cut off, because that's what it says in the Koran. Anyone that doesn't go by the Koran shall be beheaded. And there's a lot of people that believe that. And that's their faith. But she's sworn into office with her hand on the Koran. It's a Muslim woman, ran for Congress in Michigan in a district she didn't even live in, which is totally illegal. And the first words out of her mouth after she swore the oath of office, which you know she don't believe in because these women, such as Ilhan Omar, right, from Minnesota, she says she's not here to assimilate. She doesn't want to be a part of our culture. Those are her words, folks. And anybody who doesn't want to assimilate, be a part of the culture of the United States, the greatest country in the world, comes out and says that openly, should be deported as soon as possible. Deported, exiled, never to return. If she ever said that in her country, they would cut her head off after they tortured and raped her for God only knows how long, right? That's how these people are. They come here from these countries where they are oppressed and abused and tortured, starved. They want to get away from that. But they come here and they want us to be a part of that culture. I don't understand it. The greatest country in the world. You can go into a grocery store, right? They got a whole aisle of just potato chips. Isn't that amazing? Whole aisle of potato chips. They got a whole aisle of wine. They got a whole aisle of frozen dinners. They got a whole aisle of soda, different kinds of soda. Isn't that amazing, folks? You walk in the door of most supermarkets and you walk into the produce area. And every kind of vegetable is there from around the world and every kind of fruit is there and they have the bakery right over there and people are making all different kinds of fresh breads from around the world and desserts. If you came from a country, a third world country, where you were literally starving to death, and you walked into a store and you saw every produce from around the world. You would think that you had died and gone to heaven, wouldn't you? I sure would. I would fall to my knees and thank God for my fortune. That I would have food from around the world to eat. And I would no longer be starving to death. And if any of these people came up to me and they says, you know, Louie, we want you to put this bomb on yourself and walk into that movie theater and blow yourself up or whatever, you know, I would turn around and say to them, you better get out of my face 
because someone's going to get blown up and it ain't going to be me or some innocent people in a movie theater because I'm in America now, pal. The greatest country in the world. And I thank God for my fortune and my ability to create fame. The ability to be whoever you want to be. To become whatever you want to be. Only in America, folks. And I can't understand why anybody would come to this country if they were lucky enough to come to this country and not want to assimilate and be a part of the culture and celebrate Independence Day. You know, of all holidays, the right to be independent. I think anybody that doesn't want to be a part of this great country of ours, they should be exiled forever. You don't deserve to live here. And you sure as the heck don't deserve to run for political office and change things to become the crap hole from where you come from. Where there's nothing but poverty and war and starvation and diseases. Because one thing I've always said, folks, you've heard me say like a broken record, even when I was on public access television, the Louis the Cowman show was also a live call-in show every week. I said it a zillion times. I don't care who comes to this country if you come here legally. And one of the most important things is when you come to this country is you get your vaccination shots. Because, like I said, you're going to be bringing diseases back into this country that have been eradicated for the last 50 years. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing typhoid, measles, mumps, diphtheria, tuberculosis. Diseases we haven't seen in over 50 years because people are coming into this country illegally. They haven't had their shots. You know, and you have states like Vermont, California, sanctuary states that are harboring these people. I say to the politicians, shame on you. You're harboring criminals. Also that you can have cheap slave labor. Because that's what it's about, folks. And that's what it's always been. Ever since the beginning of time, people have been using other people as slaves. People say, we should be paying black people back for slavery. I say, I wish we could, but we can't afford it. This year, 2019, we have a deficit of $22 trillion. $22 trillion. Barack Obama spent more money than all of the presidents before him combined. Can you imagine that? And we're in debt $22 trillion. And yet, you have the Democrats. They have this Green Deal. This is so far-fetched. Even the most insane person in a mental institution would think they are crazy for proposing it to the public. I'm not making this up, folks. They want to spend one hundred over $100 trillion. Imagine that. We're in debt $22 trillion, right? We only have a budget every year. Last year was $4 trillion. We're in debt $22 trillion. 
the Democrats have come up with this Green Deal over $100 trillion. And that would tax every person in the United States over $600,000. You know, folks, a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck. A lot of people making minimum wage. A lot of people on welfare, Social Security, disability. Obama put about 100 million people out of work. Now they're all coming back, some of them. But these people, and this is led by the illegal immigrant congressman who shouldn't even be here because she's an illegal immigrant, Ilhan Omar, right? Ocasio-Alexandria-Cortez from New York, Rashida Chahib of Michigan. They're all really pushing this. And the other Democrats signed on. A hundred of the top Democrats in Washington, D.C., these politicians signed on to this Green Deal. And what they're proposing is that we spend over a hundred trillion dollars to fight the carbon imprint of the United States. And it doesn't matter because these other countries, they're not doing anything to fight the carbon imprint. China, Africa, Japan, they don't care. Russia, they don't care. They're just took all our jobs over the past few decades since Bill Clinton signed the NAFTA Act, right? And all of our jobs got sucked out of this country like a vacuum. Yep. And they don't care. They have all the jobs. They're just creating all this pollution. They don't want to hear about our Green Deal. And they just laugh in our faces when they hear that our Democratic politicians want to spend over 100 trillion dollars they don't want people eating beef anymore they say that cows are farting creating a lot of carbon monoxide ruining the ozone layer they claim we're all going to be dead in 12 years that's what the government the democrat particularly side is saying we're all going to be dead in 12 years if that's the case folks why Give up eating hamburgers. Why eliminate cows? They want to get rid of fossil fuel vehicles such as automobiles, trains, even airplanes. My children live on the West Coast. How would we ever see each other again? without airplanes, automobiles, and trains. How many people travel over the holidays such as Christmas and Thanksgiving? Imagine that, no more airplanes, trains, automobiles. No one would ever see their relatives again. It would ruin the economy. Everybody in the auto business gasoline business, trains. It's not even 
realistic, folks. You know, I've always said that the Democratic Party was mentally unstable. This is proof. I run into people once in a while and they say, Louie, you know, I used to watch you when you're on television, the Louie the Cowman show. They said, I've called into your show a couple times and we've had some pretty good discussions. And you say, you know what the scary part is, Louie? All the bad things that we used to talk about happening in the future, they all happened. I used to say that education was ruining the United States. Everybody would get educated and then nobody would want to do any manual labor anymore. They don't. And now they say, well, you know, the illegal immigrants come here and uh, they're doing all the jobs that nobody wants to do. Well, you know, folks, they're doing a lot of jobs that people like to do. It's just that they're not paying anything because when you bring in slaves, that's what they are, Black people have been slaves over the history of the United States. Irish people have been slaves. Chinese people have been slaves. To this very day, you can go over to Africa. And there's black people that still, to this very day, own other black people as slaves. But I don't see the Black Lives Matter people out there fighting that they should be right but you don't hear anything about that from the Black Lives Matter people they just want their repropriation money they want to be reimbursed for their ancestors that were enslaved none of these people alive today were slaves I didn't own any slaves I'm sorry that it happened, and I wish we could give people money to make up for it. But they're not around, they're dead. And a lot of these people that call themselves African-American, they've never been to Africa. They're never going to go to Africa. Myself, personally, my ancestors came across the Canadian border. But I don't consider myself a Canadian. I tell people I'm French. And I'm Indian, and I'm a little bit Irish from what I hear. I don't know for sure, but that's what I heard. But I never refer to myself as Indian like Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas. She took the ancestry test, remember? She's like .1024% Indian. I'm more Indian than she is. But I don't claim myself to be Indian. She claims she was Indian to get a job at Harvard, right? Making $400,000 a year. Jane Sanders and Bernie Sanders paid their daughter $500,000 to teach a lousy woodworking class. So Elizabeth Warren was getting screwed over by Harvard, wasn't she? <laughs> I'm an American, folks. That's what I've always said. I'm an American. That's it. I'm trying to live the American dream. Like everybody else. I go to work. I work hard. I come home. I go to bed. I get up. I go to work. I work hard. I come home. I go to bed. 
It's not much of a dream, is it? Could be better. Hoping to win the lottery, like everybody does. But like I said, how can anybody, after being in the White House, like Bernie Sanders, for the last 40 years, he comes up with Medicare for all. You know, when you turn like, what is it, 65, you go on Medicare? Everybody says it stinks. Doesn't cover all your bills. So you have to get supplementary insurance to supplement the Medicare, which Bernie and the other politicians want to give everybody. Doctors don't want to take Medicare. Medicare stinks. You know, they came out with Obamacare. Oh, it was fantastic. Everybody's going to be forced unconstitutionally to buy insurance. Unconstitutionally, right? Obama put that into effect with his pen. Remember he said, I had a pen and I have a phone? Executive order is pretty much how Obama did everything. If Obamacare was so darn great, then why did Bernie Sanders and all of his political cronies vote right afterwards to exempt themselves from Obamacare? They hadn't even taken the time to read it, and they exempted themselves anyhow. Maybe if they took the time to read Obamacare, they would have seen how fabulous it was, and they all would have got off their insurance, which provides everything 100%. They would have got on Obamacare, but instead, they immediately voted to exempt themselves from Obamacare. That's not right, folks. And regardless of what they want to shove down the American people's throats, whether it's Obamacare unconstitutionally, right? Should be an investigation into that. Somebody should be going to jail. Or if it's Medicare for all that nobody wants, and the doctors don't want to accept. Regardless of what they try to shove down our throats, they're going to exempt themselves from it. And they will have full benefits, like they always have and they always will. So don't buy it, folks. 7.36, show's winding down. We're going to go to a song here. And this one is by... Queen. And once again, you're tuned into WBTV LP 99.3 FM. The name of the show is Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live as always. And I hope you're enjoying the show today, and I want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. This is Queen with I Want It All. Yeah. Right. 
All right, that was the late, great Freddie Mercury with Queen, I Want It All. Now, before the show, I was talking about New Hampshire and they want more money from President Trump for opioid addiction. Just want to say in conclusion, as I've said a zillion times before, that a lot of these doctors get people hooked on opioids. They should pitch in for people's rehabilitation. And if they have to, then maybe they'll think twice about handing out all these pills. The laws are changing, folks. Now, when you get a prescription for opioids, they only give you enough for like a few days at a time. And then you have to go back and be reevaluated. And a lot of times now, instead of giving you opioids, they're giving people Tylenol and stuff. And if that's the case, and if you could get by on Tylenol, then you just did yourself a big favor because nobody wants to get hooked on opioids. Especially if they're in the benzo category. Those are some of the worst ones of all, folks. You got the uh, Vermont State Police continuing their push to get funding for body cameras. They got $1.5 million in 2015, but say the one-time payment isn't enough. It's never enough, folks. They say that money went to research on the cameras of updating about 200 cruiser dash cams and buying 25 body cams for the tactical support team. So they got $1.5 million and they say that money went to research on the cameras. Well, you know, folks, I can sit right here on my iMac and I can Google body cams and I can sit here and research them till my hand falls off and my eyeballs fall out of my head. Did it cost me $1.5 million? No, it cost me nothing. All it cost me was my internet bill to be able to travel around on Google or Firefox or Safari, whatever search engine I choose to research body cams. Where that $1.5 million, folks, went to is beyond me. But, you know, I don't think they're going to get any more money. Even when they do wear those body cams, they shut them off most of the time when they're beating the snot out of you with that billy club, right? (laughs) You know, hold on a minute. I got to go in the car and shut off my dash cam, and I got to shut off my body cam because I'm going to take this billy club out and beat the snot out of you, right? Yeah. A lot of these criminals... That's what they deserve. You don't need those body cams. Those are just, those are bad, you know. Most of the time, you know, these guys are sitting there. You pull them over for speeding. They got a headlight or a taillight out. You find out they've got 5,000 bags of heroin in the car and fentanyl and $50,000 in cash. They might have a gun or two and they're all strung out on drugs themselves. And, you know, you don't need all that stuff on camera. I think people are dealing hard drugs like that, like I've said, they should get the death penalty. And I don't mean putting them through a trial at taxpayers' expense for years upon years, and then you finally get them in jail. 
and they're on death row till they die. Pretty rare for anyone to actually go to death row and get the lethal injection. And then when they do, they get like three different types of shots. They get like a cocktail of shots. You know, one puts you to sleep, one slows down your heart rate, one actually stops your heart. And God forbid, if you're laying on that table, you could be a serial killer, right? You could have just killed 100 people. You could be like the Las Vegas killer who shot like hundreds of people, right? And God forbid, if they ever got someone like that at death row and give them the injection cocktail, and God forbid they twitch before they die and their heart stops. Oh my God, every liberal-hearted lawyer is going to be out there to sue the United States government to put an end to the death penalty. Because, you know, this guy, he shot 600 people, but when we put him to death, he twitched. Oh, so inhumane. Yeah. These are the same people that voted to kill a baby after it's born in the name of abortion. It's a war of good against evil, folks. I've said it many times. There's no denying it. I can't even believe the world that we're living in. But you know, you got these guys like bank fraud Bernie Sanders going to run for president again. If he was to get in, he'd be 80 years old stepping into office. Can you imagine that? This is the best of the best that the Democrats have to offer an 80-year-old man who's been involved in politics all his life and never put a bill on the floor that passed into law. Never accomplished nothing. It's terrible. You think the Democrats could come up with somebody better? Aren't there any more John F. Kennedys out there? That's all I'm asking, you know? I'm an independent. I've always been an independent. But I'm going to vote for someone who has a good head on their shoulders. These people that are coming up with a green deal and 100 Democrats signed on to it saying they're going to spend over a hundred trillion dollars and they want to eliminate fossil fuel vehicles such as automobiles, trains and airplanes I don't even know of anybody that's working on an electric airplane, do you? How the heck are we going to travel to see our relatives during the holidays? No trains airplanes automobiles unless they're electric you can't drive to California in an electric car you gotta pull over every two or three hundred miles to recharge it it would take you months people only get so much time off from their jobs it's insane and then they wanna totally get rid of cows because Cows fart and belch carbon monoxide, which is adding to the carbon footprint. And it's going to be the end of us all, they say, in 12 years. Well, if that's the case, darn it, I'm going to be eating all the steak I can. I like steak. Steak is high in protein. 
Very good for you. <laughs> but it says some Sanders New Hampshire supporters are wary to commit again. New Hampshire has been good to Bernie Sanders, but as he launches his second presidential campaign, there are early signs that he doesn't have a lock on the nation's first primary. Well, no kidding. Like I said, from day one, two years or so ago, folks, he's an old man. He's never accomplished nothing. Doesn't want to be president. It's the last thing he wants to do. And I said right here, and everybody heard me, I got it recorded, saying, like, Bernie is in it to take the heat off of Hillary Clinton, which he did at the one of the very few debates they had. And he says, I'm sick of hearing about your damn emails. So he just wanted to sweep them under the rug and not discuss them anymore. So he did. Took the heat off of Hillary. And I said he was out for some retirement money. Well, folks, right after the election, he bought himself a nice house on Lake Champlain. Prove me right again, Bernie. This other guy right here, Michael Cohen, who was uh, Donald Trump's right-hand man and lawyer, they say. Worked for him for over 10 years. He's saying that uh, in front of Congress, had all this damning evidence he was going to drag in front of Congress to tear down Donald Trump. Get the impeachment process rolling. It's what they kept saying on all the news networks. In unison. In lockstep. Like they're all brainwashed, which they are. They're all mind-melded together. The Democratic Party. I've got videos on my Facebook wall, too, where they have clippings from all the channels saying the exact same catchword for the day, like... Well, there's no evidence, but there's a lot of smoke. You turn the next channel. Well, there's no evidence, but there's a lot of smoke. And then you turn the next channel and on and on. Well, there's no evidence, but there's a lot of smoke. Because these people are brainwashed, folks, and they're trying to brainwash you. They don't want you to have any independent thoughts of your own. And if you do, you're a racist and a bigot and a homophobe. Naturally, it just comes right out of their mouth. That's their defense. So Michael Cohen was dragged in front of Congress to testify, had all this damning evidence that was going to surely impeach President Donald Trump. But he says, the man is a liar and a cheat. And when I had to tell his wife, Melania Trump, it was one of the worst things that I ever did. Yeah, well, that's your damning evidence, accusations. He's a liar and a cheat and a racist. Oh, yeah, he's a racist. No evidence of any of that, just accusations. You know, President Trump should countersue him for slander. I certainly would. But then after all of that, you know, there's talks of a pardon, a presidential pardon. And Michael Cohen, his lawyers, are saying, I've never asked for a pardon. I ever expected a pardon. But then you change the channel over to CNN or MSNBC. 
And they're saying, well, the pardon is still in the air. In this article right here about Cohen, how he turns over documents on Moscow, it says right here in black and white, he handed over documents concerning Moscow, the President Trump's collusion involvement, which has been proven there's absolutely none of, by special interest investigations of an equal amount of Republicans and Democrats sitting on the investigation. And it came to the conclusion there's absolutely no Russian collusion between President Trump and the Russians. There never was. Just all false allegations. And it says right here, in black and white, it's unclear who edited the documents or exactly what was changed. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? The audacity to bring someone in front of Congress to waste their time, to waste taxpayer dollars with false documents, just like the phony dossier that was dragged through three different FISA courts. Mueller and Comey and those guys, they all knew that this dossier was phony evidence paid for by Hillary Clinton. They never even bothered to research it because they knew it was phony, false information in this dossier paid for by Hillary Clinton. But yet, they all agreed to go forward with this phony dossier that they dragged through free visa courts to wiretap Trump Towers and his lawyers and his business contacts looking for information pertaining to Russian collusion, which they never had. They've researched over one million documents, they said, over the last two and a half, three years and found absolutely no evidence at all of Russian collusion. But Michael Cohen comes in front of the Congress with these documents. And it says right here, it's unclear who edited the documents or what exactly was changed. Well, it's quite clear. It was the Democrats that edited the documents. It's like I say, folks, they say they've spent about $30 million, whatever, in this Russian collusion investigation. And you know darn well, they didn't spend no $30 million. They spent probably well over $100 million. And they've got absolutely nothing after about three years and researching over 1 million documents. I said it right here from day one. When Comey and Mueller and all those guys sit there and agree to go forward and try to impeach the President of the United States, trying to unseat the President of the United States that just stepped into office. Can you imagine that? Our founding fathers would march all of these guys out onto the lawn of the White House and hang every one of them by the neck for treason. They wouldn't even waste a bullet on these guys. And I sure hope that the White House investigation committee such as Devin Nunes is still gathering all this information and they say that Mueller is supposed to hand over his uh, conclusion of this case Mueller, Mueller, I call them both but anyhow and it's got nothing in it and they claim that the new 
Attorney General, Mr. Barr, might not release any of it to the public, or whatever he does release. It's all under the guise of top-secret information, and it's all going to be blacked out and redacted. We can see that coming. And in the meantime, Mueller's going to walk away a rich man, and he's going to write a book like they all do, and go out on tour. It's terrible. But what they can say as a conclusion is, the person that is going to prison is supposedly the closest person to President Trump. His right-hand man, his lawyer. And these guys are all going to jail. You know, Manafort investigated him for years. They were talking the other day on social media. He was looking at 94 years in prison. And he's a 70-year-old man. But the reality is, he's looking at 47 months in prison. For bank fraud and tax evasion. Right? Speaking of bank fraud... Bernie Sanders and wife Jane, she was running Burlington College into the ground while Bernie was out running for president promising everybody free education. He should be going to prison and his wife for bank fraud. Al Sharpton should be going to prison for tax evasion. But that's another day in another article. And we're going to be leaving you with a little bit of Credence Clearwater Revolver. Revival, and I hope you enjoyed the show today. And I'll see you back here next Friday, 6 p.m., and I hope you all have a good weekend. Bye.